0: By the one and only Drafting Sportsbook app America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Liam Rail here with Craig Morgan. Steve Peters just keeps taking three-day weekends. Again. Like he just says, Oh, I don't want to work Mondays.
2: It's funny how quickly someone can big time you, huh? I know. Just feel like a big deal after one year I know. on the PHNX Coyote Show and just doesn't show up some days. We, You know, we don't even know when he's going to show and when he doesn't anymore. I know. So, you know fortunately, un- Leah's here, I'm here, and we have Sean DePaz here, you know, the, the people who show up to work. <laughs> we're going to uh, continue our beat writer breakdown with uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman yes. today from The Athletic. Uh, he covers the Edmonton Oilers, a fascinating team. Uh, Take it away, Leah.
0: Yes. Well, lucky for us, we have a great fill in for PD today. Like Craig <laughs> said, Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic. Daniel, welcome to the Peach and X Coyotes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Oh, you're very welcome. It's good to be on with a fellow Canadian, too. Like yeah. So, I,
0: so. I literally wore this shirt today because I knew we were talking about Canada. Sean, a are you lot feeling today.
2: somehow less worthy now after that comment? I, I don't know.
0: I feel like. <laughs>
1: Growing up in Buffalo, I feel like an honorary Canadian. So sure,
2: that, yeah. that's true. You're kind of like a Canadian too. You're in a border town. Yeah, I'm the only one here.
3: Craig, you're all right too. You're, you're, okay. you're, you're,
2: <laughs> thanks. bro. Wow, that's.
3: Oh man, I
2: think that's a compliment.
3: That's best, <laughs> yeah, that's the best compliment I have.
2: <laughs> so, Daniel, before we get started, you, you share some personal news with us. I know, I, I knew you had a, a small child already, but you're expecting another one. So, congratulations! And are you are you ready for this? <laughs>
3: uh thank you and no <laughs> uh we, yeah we, so we have a two-year-old girl we're gonna we're gonna have a boy in um in, well january 3rd is the due date so it could be uh the cutoff of either 2022 20, or 2023 so we'll see uh there's pros and cons to either uh you know he would be in the uh at the top of the age bracket if he's in 2023 but if he's in 2022 <laughs> then he gets the next we get an extra year of daycare coverage so <laughs> um we'll take what you know when whenever it he comes it's because we're having a boy and uh but yeah there's a lot to kind of figure out and I just you know the calendar flipped October so we're inside of three months now and uh it's a little little scary but uh I, we're, we're really looking forward to it too
2: I always ask being a parent of two myself I always ask parents do you know yet if you're planning a third or are you gonna stop with man-to-man defense
3: <laughs> yeah man-to-man is the plan because uh Maybe it's just the terrible twos, but we find sometimes we're outnumbered even when (laughs) we we actually have the advantage already. So uh, we'll stick with – I think we'll stick with two, but you never know. But uh, that's the plan anyway for right now.
2: Wise choice. Wise choice in my opinion anyway. I'm not not throwing shade on any big families, but I don't think I can manage more than two. I I completely understand that. All right. Let's talk some hockey with you, and let's start with a big-picture question because you cover the Edmonton Oilers. You cover two of the very best players in the world in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Last season, the Oilers get all the way to the Western Conference Final. That run that people have been waiting to see for so long from Connor McDavid just wanted to see him play meaningful playoff hockey and and make a run. So after that run, are the Oilers ready to contend for a cup? Was this just a one-off? are they destined to, you know, are they destined to be a great team or just a good team in what is a little bit of a watered-down Western Conference?
3: Yeah, you've kind of touched on all the the facets there, Craig. I I think there's somewhere in between. And I would say there's some holes on this team for sure. The defense, I'm actually quite bullish on. But, you know, uh, I'm taking that maybe with a little bit of a grain of salt. Uh, You know, they lost Duncan Keith, um, you know, who was a— at at that point of his career, uh, certainly a second pair defenseman anyway. But I think they've been able to backfill that position well enough. But there's some questions. Um, You know, Jack Campbell coming in, uh, I think they have a bona fide starter now, but certainly doesn't have a a long NHL track record. And, um, you know, uh, I would say their biggest hole up front is fourth line center, which if if that's the case, then I think you're at a pretty good spot. Um, But they're not a perfect team. But you kind of touched on it. The Western Conference is pretty weak. Uh, their division is particularly weak, um, where I think it's, it's basically between them and Calgary. And you know, Vegas could come come back or, or, or vault back to the pack uh, after a very tough uh, tough season. But I really like their chances of, of winning the division. And uh, you know, aside from Colorado, maybe St. Louis, um, and I already mentioned Calgary. I, I think there's, it's just wide open. Uh, that that conference is wide open for the Oilers to really you know break through. And um, now, could they ultimately? face the flames again in a conference final or in a division final in the second round and lose that series and, and have it be you know perceived to be t- taking a step back. Yeah, absolutely. But could they also get to the Stanley cup final? I could totally see that too, but they're, they're in, to me, they're in this group of, I wouldn't put them in the top contenders, you know, with the call with Colorado and, and Tampa and some of those teams, but I think they're in that next kind of bracket and next phase where, um, you know, you have just as good a chance to win the Stanley Cup, and uh, this is, as you mentioned, the you know the uh, what what Oilers fans have been wanting for so long with with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Um, it took an unbelievable playoff run by those two uh, to get to the conference final, but I think uh, you know having a little bit more stability in net, having some young guys push, and having largely the team uh, brought back. Uh, that went to the conf- conference final last year. I think they're in a pretty good spot heading into this year.
2: What is the feeling around town with the fan base? What's the mood? Is is there, is there patience still with this team? Or are they are they at the point, you know, obviously they had the great era of the Gretzky era, but it's been a long time. Are they at the point where like, okay, it's time. It's time to get this done. Yeah,
3: yeah see, like I, I'm 35 years old. I didn't grow up in Edmonton, but, you know, I didn't see Wayne Gretzky play as an oiler. Um, I remember him. Barely as a Los Angeles King, really. I, I kind of remember more as a, as a as a New York Ranger. Which, uh, you know, if, and if I'm 35, and there, you know, you have to be at least 40, maybe 45, to remember Gretzky as an Oiler and really having, you know, cheer for, uh, having cheered for him here in Edmonton. And um, you know, people love those 80s teams, but they're also kind of. Um, you're fed up of hearing about them really in the sense of they want this group to uh, you know, again, it's a generation. It's more than a generation really of fans that haven't, haven't seen those players. It's, it's time for the new generation to, to uh, win championships and, and at least compete for them. Now it's a, it's a completely different era. You know, we're going in a 32 team league versus, you know, predominantly with 21 team league when Wayne Gretzky was doing what, and the Oilers were doing what they were doing. Um, but and you talk about patience. I think patience ran out a long time ago here. Um, nothing short of of really making a, another good run would be acceptable and um you know i think the last time we spoke uh, craig uh, at least on the air uh we were talking about well is, is dave tippett former coyotes coach going to get fired in edmonton and that it was to me it was very unlikely that it was going to happen um ken holland was a guy who had never fired a coach in his entire career as a general manager now a hall of fame general manager and he felt it was so important to to for this team to uh, make hay that he he finally pulled the trigger and uh, ultimately, you know, changing coaches uh, was a big turning point in the in the season last year. Uh, they went from being out of the playoffs to really going on a run and, and you know securing the second spot in the in the division and and ultimately getting to the conference championship. But it just shows that patience is thin, um, not only from the fan base but from management. This is you know there's three years left of. Uh, Leon dry settle four of Connor mcdavid like this these next three four years are the window and, and they should be vying for championships each one of those years
0: so besides signing re-signing its own players over the offseason and you mentioned it already edmonton's biggest move was signing goalie jack campbell um is there any feeling that you know he's the answer to their goaltending question mark and is there any concern on fans part that toronto was willing to let him walk
3: um, not, not in the latter. Um, you know, Toronto has significant cap issues and I mean, they, I'm sure they could have found a way to, um, resign Campbell if they really wanted to, but they ultimately decided to go a bit cheaper in net. I think with, when it comes to the Oilers, um, there's no question that they were goaltending was something that they, they wanted to, uh, solidify, uh, this season. Um, you know, Mike Smith for our Coyotes goalie, had a lot of solid, you know, runs uh, for this franchise over his three years uh, with the team, and hence, um, you know, but he was injured a lot. He he kind of mm-hmm. had stretches where he was, you know, a nine thirty goaltender, and then stretches where he was kind of 905, 900. and there was really that consistency aspect to his game that was was lacking. And Niko uh, Koskinen. Um, you know, just couldn't kind of take over the number one job when, when Smith was hurt. So Koskinen now in, in, is in, uh, sorry, not in Finland, in, in Switzerland. And uh, Mike Smith is, is going to be on LTIR right? almost certainly for the whole year. It seems like his career is over now, you know, in over 40 here. Um, this is the first time that they're going to run a, um, you know, a number one goaltender uh, since the, the end of Cam Talbot's reign. Uh, so we're talking, you know, the last four years they've run a tandem. And um, I think Jack Campbell just needs to provide steady, consistent goaltending, uh, just good goaltending for this team. Um, the Oilers can outscore a lot of problems. Their power play has been at or among the league's best for the last three years. I don't see any sign of, of that changing. Um, you know, this is a very good offensive team. I think they just need steady goaltending. And, and behind um, behind Campbell, there's Stuart Skinner, who's, who's paid his dues in the minors, Uh, They're expecting him to play between 25 and 30 games and Campbell play the rest. So I think the goaltending tandem should be uh, should be pretty good for this team. And uh, I don't think that should be, you know, a huge question mark. Of course, Campbell has had some injuries and doesn't have a a vast NHL track record, but um, it should be the best consistent goaltending that they've had in a while here.
0: Um, Obviously, everybody knows Connor McDavid and Leon Dreidseidl. But is there what about the forward depth in general? Besides those two, let's just say if they for some reason weren't in the lineup, is what's the feeling about forward depth in general for the team? And are there any forwards on your radar that you think maybe can take that next step to be you know an impact player?
3: Yeah, I mean, if, if they lost either one of those players for any significant length of time, they would be in a lot of trouble. Um, but that goes for for so many teams in the league. You know, if Toronto lost Austin Matthews for you know for a couple months or go down the list. It is the same, but, but having said that, I think this is the best top nine that they had certainly in the McDavid era. Um, and, you know, you'd have to go back quite a ways, probably to their cup teams, um, you know, that they've had as a solid a top nine as this. I mean, Evander Kane ke- came in last year and scored at a 40 goal place. He, he almost scored a goal a game in the playoffs. I don't think you can expect that type of production, but there's no question, you know, aside from Leon Dreisaitl, um, that, Kane is the, is the best winger that Connor McDavid has ever played with um, so you know if he can continue anywhere tight close to that type of production they you know they've got a very good winger alongside Connor McDavid uh, Zach Hyman was a, a very important offseason acquisition last year uh, their top six is, is is very good they've got you know Ryan McLeod and Kyler Yamamoto. I think to answer your question, Leah specifically, I think those are two players that I would expect to to really take steps forward this year. Uh, Yamamoto really struggled at the you know the first half of the year, but came on in the second half, and uh, he's just the superstars just love playing with this guy. Um, he can fish out pucks, he can uh, do a lot of different things offensively. Uh, they started using him on the penalty kill. I think this is a really important player, and then Ryan McLeod um, last year was his first year in the NHL, Uh, you know, in in October or maybe even early November, went down to Bakersfield of the AHL just to get a little bit more seasoning. And and, uh, under Jay Woodcroft, who was his coach um, in Bakersfield for those, for the first couple of years of his pro career, uh, really took off, uh, you know, down the stretch. And this is a guy that they now see as a top nine player, he can play center. He can play wing. He's going to play both special teams. Um, they've got a really well-rounded top nine. And the other guy uh, is Dylan Holloway, who was the first pick in 2020, uh, former Wisconsin, Wisconsin Badger. Um, he's, mm-hmm. not a, for, he's not a lock to make the uh, team out of camp, but he's shown really well in the preseason. Um, and I think you're going to see him play games, if not right off the bat and sooner than later. Uh, he's certainly a guy that has all the chops to play in the top nine and uh, has shown it so far in the in the preseason. So he could be a nice little add to this team uh, you, this year as well.
0: Uh, you mentioned Evander Kane and, you know, the offense that he brought last year. Do you think bringing him back was a risk worth taking given his offensive production? What's your overall thoughts on the Kane re-signing?
3: Yeah, I, I, I you know, it was probably a little bit too long uh, for, for my liking at four years, but um, at the same time, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck if you're Ken Holland in the management where you probably need to offer that type of contract to get him to come back. Um, you know, he's got a lot of no movement and no trade protection, especially in the first, um, I think it's two or two and a half years of the deal. So there's a lot of risks that the Oilers are taking on. But, um, you know, at the same time, again, if he can produce anything like he did with, with Connor McDavid, um, you know, the way he did last year, that is. I think you're getting, you know, obviously a very good offensive player, a very well-rounded player. He, again, he's somebody who can play both special teams. Uh, it is a risky move, but uh, you know, this, again, this, it, it fits into their, their, their window of, of contention here, at least four years that are left on Connor McDavid's contract. And I think they're really trying to load the team up for these, you know, three, four years and um, whatever kind of happens after that, uh, you know uh, the management isn't as, as as concerned if they you know for whatever reason they'd have to go through a rebuild and then so be it they were they uh they need to win now and and uh Kane you know given what he did down the stretch for the Oilers uh, they feel it's worth, worth risk worth taking uh, you know I would have liked the the contract to be shorter but I, I do understand if you're going to uh offer guys contracts in free agency sometimes you got to uh go a little out of your comfort zone to uh, to get the player to. So it, it is a risk, but probably one um, that uh, should should kind of fulfill the, the needs and, and the timeline for this team.
2: Daniel, you wanted to ask you about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. There are some narratives out there that his game may be in decline. What are your thoughts?
3: I would say that's that's fair. I mean, uh, you go back to the, the shortened year in uh, – in 2021, the 56 game year, he had I think it was like two primary assists at five on five. Uh, a lot of that time playing with Connor McDavid, or at least the first half of the year, um, took him a long time to score his first first goal uh, of the season. Um, I was uh, in Seattle uh, uh, last year, and and uh, you know there was a there was a time where you know they kind of wondered when he would kind of get off the Schneid and it was a lot of power play assists that he was accumulating with his, uh, with his point production. And this is where, you know, into early December and uh, you know, he hadn't really scored a whole lot at five on five or, or scored goals in general. And he's a guy that I don't think he's going he's not a play driver. Um, hasn't been for a while. He's certainly not now. Um, but I think he is, has a good spot on this team where right now they've been actually using him a lot at third center and, um, could play left you know left wing beside mcdavid david or drive sidle um certainly a valued member of the power play uh and penalty kill as well so he he is a very important player um but if you're looking for a play driver or uh somebody that uh, you're really counting on from a lot of five on five offense uh, you know that he's that he's uh contributing or driving you're not going to get that from him anymore. Um but they do have a lot of other weapons around him that he can be that he could be you know a um, you know, a complimentary player um, and again, a, a, an important member on, on the special team. So I think you're still getting a pretty good player, but certainly one that uh, as he hits age 30 here um, in the new year uh, is kind of on the decline, but not some not you know, anywhere where it's, um, uh, you know, a huge issue for this team, at least within their championship window.
2: Let's flip over to the, the blue line as the last topic on the Oilers. First off, wanted to ask you about Evan Bouchard. you think he's ready to take the next step and and, and be a bigger piece?
3: I would argue he, he kind of already has. Um, he had a very good year last season, mm-hmm. um, you know, production-wise, and, and didn't get a lot of power play time. Um, now, you have Tyson Berry here um, as a top power play quarterback, but head coach Jay Woodcroft has already said that um, – um, you know, that's an open competition, and he expects that uh, that Bouchard will, will get you know some opportunity there. Um, I would, I would tend to think that uh, Barry will get the um, get the start, and uh, kind of the tie goes to the veteran, he'll have to lose his spot. But there's no question that Bouchard is, is pushing, and um, he's not only a good puck mover like Barry is, but he has you know a better shot from the blue line, um, and is less um or I should say he's more uh, willing to use it than Barry is. And um, that just provides another weapon to, um, to this power play that's already very good. Now that's not really a knock on on Tyson Barry from, you know, from the perspective of him not, not wanting to shoot as much when you, are at the top of the power play and you see Connor McDavid on one side, Leon Settle on the other uh, your tendency is to want to give it to one of those guys and I'd say that's justified so um, you want the power play running through one of those two more than, than yourself so I think Barry kind of realizes that and, and for the most part makes very sound decisions but um, I think Bouchard at a Young, uh, he's younger uh, obviously he's still on the last year of en- his entry-level contract so he's cheaper um that's the, the thing that Oilers fans always point to with with Tyson Berry where if they can move this guy for maybe somebody who's a bit more defensively oriented oriented uh a- and have Bouchard run the power play this team could be maybe a bit more well-rounded on the back end but the thing with Berry is he's not uh, he's not exactly chop liver he-, he is um uh, producing and, and helping that power play too. So uh, again, I think Bouchard is, he, he is primed to take a step, but I, I think his biggest step came last year, uh, getting the opportunity to play and, and show what he can do. Um, whereas the previous year, he was uh, on the team for the full year, but mostly practicing uh, when they had to carry a taxi squad and, and just didn't get into the lineup. So uh, you're seeing slowly but surely more of Evan Bouchard. I think he'll, he'll take a bit of a step, but the biggest one came last year.
2: It's interesting you talk about needing a big shot from the top because uh, it, it leads to my last question. And the guy I want to ask you about who's been in the rumor mill for a full season now. And, of course, we've been dealing with it down here. Jacob Chikrin. Edmonton is one of those teams that is rumored to be in the mix to acquire Jacob Chikrin, who made it plain at the end of last season and even plainer on media day this year that he wants out. He does not want to play for the Coyotes. He does not want to be a part of this rebuild. Why does he fit with the Oilers? Why maybe does he not fit with the Oilers?
3: To me, he fits with the Oilers because his cap hit is tremendous. At I think it's four point six million. Yeah. Uh, and again, I've talked at length, uh, you know, with you guys about this this championship window. Well, he's got three years on that great contract, um, and he wouldn't have the, the the responsibility that he'd have or that he does have in Arizona, where he'd be definitely the number two left or the number two left side defenseman behind Darnell Nurse. So. Um, to me, Jacob Trickerin could be the missing piece for this uh, Oilers team. Um, he's, you know, the, kind of the perfect add. Um, I think if there's one area where this team could improve, it's, it's on defense. I, I kind of touched on, you know, maybe they need a fourth center. Maybe you want to add another forward um, just to maybe push somebody down the lineup or, or add a little bit of depth. Um but they could really use another defenseman. It doesn't necessarily even to me have to be a top four defenseman, but uh, if it was, and Chicken Ch- Ch- certainly fits the, the bill of a top four defenseman, it would be a tremendous uh, addition. Now, why you don't want to do it is, uh, and Craig, you probably know a little bit more about this than I, but he's had a lot of injury problems. That could scare teams off. The other aspect is, I, you know, I, it sounds like the asking prices from reports have, have gone down but they were tremendously high from what I was told, uh, last year. And, um, you know, even if they've only gone down a little bit or even significantly there from the starting point of, uh, where they, um, where they came in, uh, I think you're, you you're probably is going to scare some teams off. Philip Roberg is, I, 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 don't know if it is the coyotes asks or ask or part of the coyotes ask, but it, uh, he, I would think it would be, or he would be, um, and he's as close to a non-starter for the Oilers as you could possibly get. This was Ken Holland's first draft pick uh, when he came onto the Oilers in uh, in May of, of 2019. Uh, they still think tremendously of him. They had a spot penciled uh, for him uh, to make this team coming out of training camp. I would say he's been a little underwhelming, and some other guys are pushing him for it. Um, but they really think highly of this guy, and they do not want to move him. Uh, they. Th- you know, the expectation uh, is that he'll be a top four defenseman, um, you know, for this team. Uh, it's kind of the timeline's a little vague on that. They do have Brett Kulak, but they, they think it could be sooner than later. Um, so if you're getting a younger, cheaper player uh, that doesn't have any the injury concerns that, that uh, Jacob Trickern has had. Uh, I think that's where the team might be a little bit reticent to, to make that move. And, and of course, then you're adding a first round pick and you're adding, yeah. you know, something to make yeah. the salary work. Yeah, it's going to have effort. to be a but,
2: prospect and a pick without a doubt, and then maybe that whoever that player is that gets thrown in. You know, that that yeah. may be the area where, where things have changed a little bit, but a prospect and a first-round pick are, are pretty much the keys there.
3: <clears throat> yeah, and and it certainly if if, if uh, Philip Roberg is almost a non-starter, Dylan Holloway is a non-starter. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, those are your two top prospects. So I, I don't think... You know the Coyotes want to trade Jacob Chikrin for uh, you know lesser or B C level prospects. You know they, they want to trade him for somebody who's going to be with this team for a long time and a key part of this team for a long time. So that's where you know you got to give to get, and I don't think the Oilers are quite willing to give yet. And uh, that's where the the um, kind of discrepancy or disparity or what have you comes in. Uh, but to me, Jacob Chikrin, as long as he's healthy, and of course there are no guarantees with that, uh, but as long as you have as good an understanding that he will be healthy as you could possibly have, he's a player that I would really target, um, especially now that, uh, you know, if you can make the money work and within, they're within this championship window, I, I would be, I'd be going for him. But uh, I, I do get the reticence uh, from around the league and, and not wanting to give up too much.
0: All right, well, we've gone over the Oilers, your expertise. We're going to now move into the rest of the Pacific Division, which is an interesting one. Um, Before we do, let's take a look at how the division shook out. I was going to say shakedown. I was like, that's not right. Shook out last year. Um, The Calgary Flames took home the division with 111 points, followed by the Oilers, L.A., Vegas, Vancouver, San Jose, Anaheim, Seattle. I literally... Like I've been thinking about what I want to do for my prediction, and I forgot about Seattle. Sorry, mm. sorry, Seattle. Okay. Um, so that's how it all. Oh, you know out. who's
2: missing from this picture? The Coyotes, who should be in the Pacific. Division.
0: I know. <laughs> oh, I digress. That's a whole other show. Um, <laughs> Oilers and Flames both finish with hundred plus points. So that's how it finished last season. Let's take a look at the DraftKings Sportsbook odds for how the division will shake out in 2022-2023. The Calgary Flames currently, as of today, have the best odds at plus 205, followed closely by the Oilers plus 220. And then in order, Vegas, LA, Vancouver, Seattle, ahead of Anaheim and San Jose, which is really interesting. It is surprising. Those are odds that you can find on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, so if any of those stand out to you, um, you can check that out on DraftKings. Put some money on it today, and if you don't want to put your own money on it, get some free Free bets! If you haven't signed up yet, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I won a first touchdown score bet yesterday that was boosted by DraftKings. Is <laughs> this
2: another weenie bet? Yes, or-
0: three dollars okay. to win twenty eight fifty. <laughs> Love it. I, will- <laughs> you know, whatever. DP, it's we
2: fun. need a graphic for that. Um, Leah's Anytime weenie, weenie Leah, bet. Leah talks about her weenie bet.
0: Like
2: something. <laughs> something Keep it classy, though. Oh, keep it, it family It'll be a hot okay? dog with ketchup on it.
0: Well, before we move into the division, Daniel, we have a beer partnership here on PHNX. It's really great. Um, we love it a lot. <laughs> it's a very nice setup for us. And it's Four Peaks. We've got some really cool events in the works with them. So stay tuned for more information. Um, and just buy Four Peaks, wherever literally wherever you buy beer. Daniel, Rise, when you come Safeway. down...
2: Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> when you come down here, by the way, you'll have to go to Four Peaks because yeah. it's very close. To Mullet Arena,
0: very it close. is
2: it is a top-notch brewery. I, I will have to introduce you to that. Okay,
3: I am very <laughs> disappointed that there's only one game between the Coyotes and Oilers. In- I know Otis it wouldn't
0: Otis be the here. case yeah. if they were in the Pacific Division. <laughs> right. Just- we'll make the most, and of it's,
3: it. it's it's in March too, so it's, it's you a, a long away, time. But- nice but, weather uh, I'll, I'll be dreaming of that beer
0: every yes every night for, <laughs> perfect perfect well so you must be 21 products. or older to drink um and enjoy responsibly don't have to be 21 to go to the eighth street pub though because they have a bunch of great food there um all right let's go quickly through each team in the pacific we'll just do a quick hitters on each one um craig i'll kick it yeah, off to you.
2: since by the way um we're going to talk about Vegas first, and, and and I'm going to let people know, Daniel, what a good person you are because you filled in for a guy who was supposed to be here who you know very well in Jesse Granger who covers Vegas for The Athletic. And, and you know, Jesse had something come up, but I'm going to throw shade his way anyway for not being here, and thank you so much for, for covering for him. And Now we're going to ask you to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't know how to read this team. I'm having a hard time reading this team. They, they had a lot of injuries last year. Some guys have moved on. I think age is catching up to them a little bit, but they still have a lot of talent. They have Jack Eichel. I know what their owner wants. <laughs> DP's giving the thumbs up. Sean's
0: down booing behind yeah. the camera.
2: Their owner clearly wants to win a cup. He's wanted to win a cup every season of, of the Vegas Golden Knights existence. They bring in a new coach in Bruce Cassidy. I've said a lot. I'm going to stop talking now. What are your thoughts on the Vegas Golden Knights?
3: Well, I'm going to channel my inner Jesse Granger because I've heard him talk <laughs> about this and write about this. And his uh, – I wouldn't say it's his opinion, but he's hes done a lot of reporting and, and speaking about um, Bruce Cassidy being a very – and his system's being very friendly to goaltenders. And, and you know, he lost two Rask last year in Boston and, and had, you know, some uh, guys in Jeremy Swayman and, and Linus Olmark that don't have nearly the track record uh, of to Rask. And same with this year where Robin Leonard's out of the picture and now you've got – um you know rotating potentially a rotating cast of characters with the uh, logan thompson Casper briswa i know he's hurt right now and uh michael hutchinson i know he's there I know, I know they've got a lot of goalies signed but that's the biggest yeah. question mark with this team right like yes how is the goaltending gonna fare um and that's a big question mark is I we all know even if you've watched hockey for five minutes you know how important a goaltender is to a team's success so um yeah, this team, I mean, it went, they went through so many injuries last year, and, and I guess they already have, again, with Leonard and uh, now Nolan Patrick, who certainly wasn't a huge player for that team, but he's going to miss the whole year. But uh, they should be healthier. you got a full year of Eichel. Um, they should be better, and I think they can make the playoffs, but I don't put them in the same category as you know Calgary and Edmonton. Um, and, and goaltending, I, I would say, is the biggest reason why. There's just so much uncertainty with that key position. And there's just so much changeover with that team where it's kind of hard to really, you know, uh, know exactly what you're going to get. So um, new coach should help. Uh, full year of Michael should help. Uh, just having guys back, like, you know, Petrangelo was hurt. Uh, Martinez was hurt. They had so many guys hurt last year. So they should be better. But again, I, I think they're a notch below uh, the two Alberta teams.
0: All right. Moving on to the Battle of Alberta, I guess, the other team in Alberta the Oilers took down the Flames in the Battle of Alberta in the playoffs, um, and then it seemed like Calgary completely remade, remade its roster with Kachuk and uh, Goudreau both leaving. What do you think of the Flames and all the moves they made?
3: Well, I, I know this GM of the Year award is given out, uh, you know, it goes to three of the final four teams, and nobody really understands what the, the deal is there. But I think Jim, Jim uh sorry, Jim Trilliving, his son, Brad Trilliving, should be the GM of the year, regardless of how the Flames do, because he was put Amen. in such a bad position. And really, everyone I talked to seems to think the Flames are better than they were last season. And they lost 240 goal scorers. So <laughs> for that to be the case, uh, you know, they they got better on defense by adding Mackenzie Weger They're better through the middle um, in adding Nasm Kadri. And then, you know, Certainly, they got another 100 point player in in Jonathan Huberto. So I can see why people think that they'd be better. Now, you know, having watched a lot of sports and over the years, sometimes it might, you know, it might take the team a little while to mesh when you you take out two key players and and add in three. But I agree. I I think this team could be better. And, um, you know, for a team that had 111 points last night, or last, last season, rather, um, I, I think they could be even better uh, and, and give the Oilers a, a real run in, uh, for their money in, in the uh, in the Pacific Division. Now, you know, if these two teams are playing in the playoffs again, you know, you really saw Kachuk and, and Goodrow were, aside from game one, were basically non-existent in that series. So mm. uh, I really don't think they're losing as much as, as people think there with those two guys. Right. And uh, it's going to be we talked about I mentioned uh, that the, the Oilers are only playing the Coyotes three times this year and once in Arizona, there's only three battle of Alberta games this year, which is a crime against humanity. Mm-hmm. I think it really is. Um, it's uh, it's crazy. So um, those games are going to have a lot of, a lot of heat to them. Uh, there's from uh, there's one game two of the season for the two teams, or for, at least for the Oilers. Um, and, and it's going to be a dogfight between those teams all year long, I think. And uh, kudos to, to, um, your living for, for revamping his team when his back was really against the wall
2: yeah I'm in complete agreement with you on what he did in this off season. I don't I mean he's, he's the leader in the clubhouse at this point and, and also why is the NHL determined to destroy all rivalries it, it, it seems, <laughs> and then give us rivalry Wednesday with two teams that are not rivals anyway I, again <laughs> I digress um, let's yeah. look at the LA Kings I'm not sure what LA's doing here uh, they add Kevin Fiala nice player um, are they rushing things what do you think of the Kings at this point
3: you know what? I was one of the few people that thought they would make the playoffs last year. Uh, I, I think a lot of it was that the division was so weak and I just, you know, I like, I like Tom McClellan as a coach. I, I kind of like the, the nucleus of that team. Um, the the goaltending to me is a little, little weird. Uh, John Lee quick played well for a lot of that Edmonton series, but there's no question, you know, he's in the last year of his contract. They're trying to kind of transition uh, Cal Peterson into being the starter um, and, and, you know, during that Oilers series, they played the whole the whole series without Drew Doughty and um, Victor Arvidsson. So, you know, have those two players uh, for the full year um, and, and adding Fiala. Um, I think they can give Vegas a run for that that uh, number three seed in the um, in the division and get, you know, uh, another uh, divisional playoff matchup with either Calgary or Edmonton. So um I would kind of agree that I thought they would do more in the off season, uh, but I still think they're a good enough team, uh, you know, with Todd McClellan as coach and a lot of key guys around and adding Kevin Fiala that, that they are still there uh, in the division. But uh, uh, certainly I would have liked to see them go a little bit more and add to that team a little bit more, but uh, I think they're a team slowly on the rise, but, but kind of, again, not quite in that top tier uh, in terms of the Pacific folks.
0: All right. Moving West in Canada. I want to know what you think, which Vancouver Canucks team we're going to see this year, the one in 2020 that took Vegas to seven games or the non-playoff team from the last two seasons. Do you think any of their you know, additions that they made will make that bunch of a difference? And then also we see Brock Bessers out three to four weeks um, after surgery. Yeah,
3: the, the latter or the last part there that you mentioned, Leah, is concerning to me because Bessard's from afar, looked like or sounded like he went through a very tough year with his dad being ill uh, and and ultimately passing away. Um, you know, I, I think he was really looking forward to being you know starting a new and and for him to start the year, you know, being out for a couple a couple weeks anyway, maybe three or four, uh, it is is a really tough start to the year for him. Um, you know, I, I think they're few players away, but I am intrigued to see Bruce Boudreau coach this team for a full year because uh, his M.O. is getting teams into the playoffs. And I think there's an outside chance that can happen, uh, especially if you look. Uh, I, I don't think the Central is quite as strong as it has been in, in, in past years. I still still think it's the better of the two divisions, but it wouldn't be out of the realm of, of uh, possibility for there to be five teams uh, from the um, Pacific to, to get into uh, the playoffs, I wouldn't put my money on it, but I, I think the Canucks could get a wild card spot um, and potentially cross over or m- maybe even knock out one of Vegas or, or, um, or LA in the division. Um, I would certainly put them as a the fifth best team in the, in the division coming into the year. But uh, I, again, with Boudreaux and and uh, a bit of a transformation of that team, I think they're, they're kind of in the mix and, and um, Thatcher Demko, despite the Canucks not being, you know, a powerhouse by any means last year was a pretty good goalie for them. So if you could build the team a little bit more around him and still have him play uh, as well as he did, I, you know, uh, I think I think they've got half a chance here to, to get in the playoffs.
2: All right. Last one for you, Daniel. You we're going to throw the three. I don't want to call them bottom feeders, but certainly <laughs> the the lesser three teams in the division together. Is there any reason to expect anything significant from Anaheim, San Jose or Seattle?
3: I don't think so. Um, Seattle should be better, but, you know, when you look at a 60-point team, uh, I think the bar is pretty low uh, there, but I do like that they, you know, they got a couple of players in, uh, you know, Bjorkstrand, Bjork, Bjork and, um, you know, they should be better. They should be a better team. Philip Grubauer getting a full year, uh, you know, under a new system a New York. Uh, he, he, was, he was pretty lousy last year. So um, Anaheim really shot out of the gate and, and overachieved early on in the year, but uh, there's no question in having lost. All those guys that they did Lindholm and Manson at the trade deadline that that they're not ready to uh, to push for a playoff spot, and I really just I, I don't like the Sharks. Yeah, um, I think in your in your book um, uh, the odds there they were they were last uh, or the the odds are to, to finish last. Um, I I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I I um you know I I I just don't. I, they didn't add anything they they're 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 in they're in a rebuild it's it's pretty clear and, and plaintive for for a lot of people to see so um san jose is it's not a team that i don't think too many in, in the division or conference should be worried about
0: all right daniel well we can't thank you enough for your analysis of the pacific and the edmonton oilers who are looking forward to seeing you in march but hopefully we'll talk to you um, before then we appreciate it immensely thanks so yeah much until
2: Grangery got wally pipped
0: so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well
3: don't don't pour the beer for me just yet well uh, it'll, it'll be uh, be pretty gross but i will i will look forward to that one in, in march with you guys
0: awesome thanks so thanks, much Daniel. appreciate it you're very welcome all right. Well, in a moment, we're going to give our bold predictions <laughs> once again. We'll see. I think
2: we might have a little difference on this one. Actually.
0: We may. So, we yeah. may. And, and, I'm, and it's so funny. I always come in with an idea and then I'm influenced by the, the beat writer and I'm influenced by the DraftKings odds. <laughs> but before we get there, um, it's October. It's a new season. Whenever it's a new, We just decorated for Halloween in my apartment yesterday. Um, whenever it's a new season, I really want to redecorate. And if you're looking to redecorate right now, I recommend checking out More Furniture's fall sale at MoreFurniture.com. They hooked up our entire office, our entire studio. The furniture is unbelievable. Um, So if you're looking to redecorate in any way or you know furnish a new space, check out More Furniture's home fall or their fall sale. MoreFurniture.com. Like I said, that's M-O-R Furniture. Um, And also, you know, it's Monday Night Football, and. I've been having some fun dabbling. Uh, Dabbling is a word that Johnny Venerable uses a lot. So (laughs) thank you, Johnny. Um, On the Underdog Fantasy app, I actually did a two-person draft. This is a thing you can do, a two-person draft with someone. Um, It's a $5 buy-in, two people, and then the winner wins $9 and the loser wins nothing. So I did this with Shane, who is very good at football and knowledge Good at football knowledge. That's really articulate. Um, and I beat him. So it's very simple to win Not money. To flex. Not to flex, but it's simple to win money on underdog. You can do the pick 'em game, pick higher or lower. When you do those daily drafts, it's easy they even gave you their projected point totals um so it's it's just simple you don't even have to know a ton about football but tonight's game would be a great time to experiment with underdog fantasy search in the app store or click on the link in the show notes sign up with promo code phnx and underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 dollars. that's underdog fantasy promo code phnx and get in on the action today
2: dp who you got in this game tonight by the way
1: um, I honestly don't know. Um, I'm curious what the odds are. I mean, probably the Rams. I don't really have much faith in the 49ers or mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. But the prime time games have been really weird this
2: year. Yeah, they have. And it was funny if the if if the Niners win this game at home, there's a four way tie in in the, in the division. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's. I don't think anybody saw this. First of all, who saw Seattle being as good as they've been? I don't know if they've been good. <laughs> yeah, but. just not worst not horrible not right not horrible. so 49ers are be two, two in this division and i you know i took some took some flack for saying that the cardinals could be in contention after watching a, a couple of weeks of the nfl season but right now
1: yeah i mean i feel like the cardinals are in contention due to a yeah not Whatever it takes, because buddy. they're good <laughs> yeah. um but the 49ers are minus two tonight so yeah all right all
0: right well as we are giving our predictions for tonight, let's give our predictions for the Pacific Division. Should we do PD's first? Yeah, you
2: can, you can read it. You want me to read it? I can read it. Okay.
0: Okay, so this is PD's Pacific Division predictions. In first, he has Calgary, followed by Edmonton, LA, Vegas, Vancouver, Anaheim, San Jose, and Seattle.
2: We should have asked him if he thought there were four or five playoff teams or only three from this division, but we didn't do that. Did anyway. Not. Um. By the way, how come he always has so much alliteration with his stuff? PD's Pacific Predictions. It's oh. He always gets lucky with that. I, know. I, don't, know, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> but, okay, here's my predictions, and they are different. They are different. I am going to take the Edmonton Oilers to win this division oh, gonna do this season. I'm going to have Calgary in second place, and we're going to change even more here. <gasps> I've got the Vegas Golden Knights climbing back up to third hmm. in this division. And I have the Vancouver Canucks ahead of the LA Kings
0: in this division. This is fun.
2: Yeah, so LA goes fifth, and then from there, I actually think I don't think Anaheim's as good as people think they're. And, and Trevor Zegras is out now. But I he was on, d- yeah, d- the day I mean though. he's he, yeah, he's back at practice. Uh, I don't. I'm just not that blown away by Anaheim. Uh, but San Jose is not a great team either. So this this is probably a toss up. But I'm gonna put the Sharks ahead of the Ducks. And Seattle still bringing up the rear in this division.
0: Okay, Craig, mixing it up. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to go now, and I'm also going to agree with you. Edmonton first. I think the goalie addition is going to be the thing that puts them over the edge. I think Calgary is going to be good, but I just can't see them being as good as they were last year. It may not even matter,
2: right? You, you, worry it about the playoffs, yeah, it right? doesn't matter
0: in the regular season. Yeah. Um, even though Daniel said he's heard that you know they're better, even even better this year. So give me Edmonton one, Calgary two. I don't have faith in the Vegas Golden Knights. The goaltending is a big question mark Mm -hmm. for me. So I'm going to give L.A., L.A., I know this is going against you, but I'm going to go L.A. 3, Vegas 4, Vancouver 5. I was actually really interested to say that uh, Daniel thinks they can, you know, challenge for a a wild card or a playoff spot even because I just don't know how I feel about Vancouver. And then I'm going to go, I think, I think Anaheim is better than you think they are. So I'm going to go Anaheim next. And then this is where – see, this is where I forgot about Seattle because I thought, (laughs) okay, the Sharks are for sure last. And then I remembered Seattle. (sighs) I'm going to just take a gamble. We'll go Seattle, then San Jose. Drop the
2: Sharks all the way to the basement. All right. The thing about the Canucks for me, he's got this crazy track record in the regular season. Not in the playoffs. But Bruce Boudreaux's teams really excel yeah, in the right. regular you're season. Right. He's going to be there all year. We'll see. We'll see. Could okay, be well, completely wrong because they—they've obviously not been a playoff team the past two seasons. But they were—they were pretty good over the down the stretch last season. I felt like they figured some things out. Not that I think they're a, a contender by any stretch, but I think they could be a playoff team.
0: All right, Sean. Oh, hello. Just oh, keep hey, it. Oh, hey. you could say big. I guess I could. Have. I was prepared for
2: that.
1: I'm going to get a little weird with it, I guess. Um, I'm also I'm going to agree with you guys that I'm going to put Edmonton first and then Calgary. I'm going to put Vancouver at three. In the, just because, um, A, I'm just doing it to get a little weird with it, but B, the goalie concerns in, I guess, both L.A. and yeah. V- yeah, uh, Vegas, but especially Vegas. Um, so why not? Let's put um, Vancouver three. Um, then I'm going to put Vegas... Uh, just because I think the torture of them being fourth and just out of the playoffs is better than them being fifth. And I hate Jack Eichel. Um, <laughs> but I think ultimately they're, I think they're a better team than LA. I think LA overachieved a little bit last year. Um, and then LA, and then I'll go ducks, sharks, Seattle. I still think Seattle's going to be the worst team in the division. So All right. yeah, there it is.
0: There it is. is. We'll, um, We'll post that graphic on phnex underscore Coyotes on Twitter later today, so you can fight with us on there. <laughs> Feel free to add your your predictions in the live comments now if you are watching on YouTube, or let us know in the members only Discord what you think because we'll see. We'll we'll have the all the graphics with our predictions, and then at the end of the year we'll look back and see who was the least wrong. I guess because I don't think anyone is going to be right on it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We <laughs> have
2: Craig, a lot of different predictions, so there is a chance that Craig's somebody's feeling be like-
0: confident um well hockey season it. is next week craig yes this is the last week without hockey yeah regular we've got, season we've, we've
2: got the uh the global series games coming up really soon we so. do
0: we do yeah. so a lot of excitement ahead unfortunately the coyotes don't play at home for you know 26 <laughs> what's today 25 more days. A long time but, but when they do but when they do you can buy your tickets on the Game Time app. You can save up to sixty percent on tickets when you buy last minute, so you can literally wait until the day of the game, and they will be the cheapest they have been on the app, which seems to go against what you know about buying tickets to events. But I promise you, check out Game Game Time. Um, there's Cardinal Cardinals are at home this weekend, so yep. So check Seeds. out Cardinals tickets there um we got asu hockey tickets are on there asu football tickets so literally anything you can think of shows concerts events sporting events check out the game time app and the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description below so scroll down on this youtube video or scroll down on this audio episode and click on the link below to buy your tickets and then let us know when you do i really love to hear people's stories about having success buying tickets on game time i've heard a couple in our members only discord which makes me really happy because i'm i'm like a firm true believer in game time and how fantastic it is um super dumb who is his name is nick so nick (laughs) (laughs) said division is wide open minus edmonton and calgary an argument can kind of be made in any direction maybe the ducks overperform like they did last season speaking of
2: game time i'm going to put this out there so i can be mocked the cardinals are going to beat the eagles so get your tickets oh, right now on the game Time <laughs> app.
1: Put what? Yeah, go to GameTime app so you can be Craig you can see Craig be wrong live and in person.
0: <laughs> wow, okay. Um, <laughs> Man, I don't That's going know know like to be like a,
1: a 34 to 12 game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get to that later in the week. Maybe yeah. that can be Sean's pick of the week. We'll be going against the Cardinals. We'll see. Um if you want some entertainment in the meantime, check out gophnx.com. Subscribe, become a member today. You can read Craig's stories. There's a uh, story today on Shane Goss bear mm-hmm. that you said you were getting a lot of replies Well, it's getting about. a lot of
2: traction already. Yeah. I, I put it up later than I normally do. I'm, I didn't even you know, know man, that it so went up. My stories are up at six a.m., <laughs> but today I didn't get it up until nine a.m. and it had a lot of reaction quickly. So it's it's an interesting year for Shane Goss bear because of, of, for the reasons that I mentioned. He got dumped by Philadelphia, literally dumped. They just wanted to get rid of his contract, and they gave the Coyotes two draft picks as well just to take him off their hands. Got nothing, literally nothing in return for Shane Gosper. He goes out, has 14 goals, which is eighth among NHL defensemen, 51 points, which is tied for 15th. And if he does this again this season, if he has a repeat of this, he's going to get traded again because his game hasn't diminished. So it's a really weird situation for him. But his eyes were wide open coming in. He knew it. And listen, with the situations he's going to be in, I I think he's going to have a really good opportunity to reprise what he did last year.
0: Yep. So if you want to read that story, become a member. Like I said, you can sign up for an annual membership, get a shirt from the locker. We also have hats in the locker and new shirts seem to be dropping all the time. So check it out and join our members only discord. We have a lot of fun in there. Talk hockey all day, every day. So if you're a hockey fan in general, Join, and then it gives you access to all the Discord channels. So if you're a multi-sport fan, it's a great place to be as well. Week ahead for us. Last full week without regular season hockey, as we said. Last week, kind of that Monday to Friday mode. So we'll have an audio episode for you tomorrow. We'll give uh, some more training camp updates because it feels like we haven't really talked about the nuts and bolts of Coyotes camp in a while. So we'll do that. And then on Wednesday, we're going to – Coach Petey is coming. This is a fun
2: one. Petey's in creative mode again.
0: Yep, he is. He's coming. We're going we're gonna to create – what we think, once again, speculating, but what the line for the Coyotes could be with m- literal moving parts and pieces. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So join us live on Wednesday at eleven a.m. on the Patreon Sports YouTube channel, and then another audio episode Thursday. And then should we reveal our guest on Friday? Because he's
2: already confirmed.
0: Keith Yandel will be a guest. K Y
2: will be on the show. Friday. Jelly
0: <laughs> will be a guest on our show live Friday at 11 a.m. So former Coyote, um, recently retired Keith Yandel will be joining us live on Friday at 11 a.m. So we're really, really, really excited to talk to him because he is a hoot.
2: Yeah, he is. what I will Hopefully, say. all that Keith Yandel is comes out on the show. Because sometimes with media, he's a little more reserved. Well,
0: maybe if we're all drinking four peaks and yeah. he kind of catches the there vibe. There may be
2: ways to get him. Yeah. You know.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I mean,
2: he is retired now. So exactly. What's, what's
0: lose? Exactly. So that's what's ahead for us on PH PHNX Coyotes. Be sure to subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel so you never miss a show. And please, if you're not a subscriber to PHNX Sports wherever you – or PHNX Coyotes, excuse me, wherever you get your podcast, please like and subscribe and leave us a review there. Um, you don't want to miss an audio episode because we have multiple audio-only episodes a week. So please like and subscribe there and follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Share it with your friends. Hockey, like we said, hockey season is here. So if you have friends who are, you know, maybe interested in hockey or – are looking for a team, send PhD next Coyotes their way. We promise you it's going to be a fun season with lots of pack therapy. You can follow Craig on Twitter at Craig S. Morgan. You can follow me at Leah Merrill. You can follow PD at S. Peters Hockey. And you can follow Sean at Sean underscore to pause. Talk to everyone tomorrow on our audio episode. And until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday, everyone.